excited about being here tonight and say amen. Amen. I do want to say this. I don't know if y'all remember the last time we were here, I preached a message about finding the one. Y'all remember me preaching that message about going and finding one? I talked about passing out tracts and witnessing to people and talking to people. And remember I told you the story about that I like to, when I'm filling up my, gap, my tank at the fuel station, I like to look across the pump and talk to the person that's on the other side of the pump. Well, he's here tonight, amen, so I'm glad he's here. Met him yesterday, and uh, a young man, and he was just talking to me about that he was looking for a good Bible-believing church. And I told him, I said, well, you'll want to come to church with me tomorrow night and meet Brother Greg Boer because he's a, he's a great preacher and he preaches right out of the Bible, amen? So that's a good thing. Glad Daniel is here. Hey, you know, many times in life we don't stop and thank the Lord for all that he's done for us. Has God been good to you? You know, most of us, we go through life and we don't, we, we, we get so busy doing everything that we do that we don't stop and thank the Lord for what He's done. I was kind of in a rush tonight a little bit, getting back from eating and all that stuff. But when I came back in the auditorium the last time, I looked across the parking lot, and I didn't see any horse and buggies out there. I think we all drove a vehicle. Amen. I think we all probably had air conditioning. Say amen. I'm thankful for air conditioning in this place tonight. Say amen. You know, the Lord's been good to us. Let me give you a quick testimony before we sing this song. Talking about thanking the Lord for everything, I heard it put like this. What if tomorrow we woke up and the only thing in life that we had were the things that we had thanked God for yesterday? So what if, what if tomorrow we woke up and the only thing we had were the things that we had thanked God for today? Well, I went to bed, and I'm always trying to pray and thank God for the things that He's done for me and what He's given me. And I had a horrible nightmare the other night. And I dreamed that my extra power cords to my bus were gone, that somebody had stolen them. Well, I jumped up the next morning. I run outside, and I was opening up the bays, and Tanya's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm checking to make sure that our power cords are still there. That's how real it was. But you know why I had that dream? was because I did not thank God for my extra power cords that night before I went to bed. I think we ought to thank God for everything. God's been good to us. We ought to thank Him for salvation. Thank Him for who He is, what He is. I want to thank Him for all that He's done.
pastor said we're the McCormick's my name is Cedric my wife Tanya there at the piano and then our son Titus and we are a a missionary helps ministry working both here in America and on the foreign field helping churches with their music ministry I'm a firm believer that the preaching of God's word is the most important thing that goes on in this place say amen but I have been around the block long enough to know that music is vital to our ministry if it's the right kind of music in its right place, done the right way, music is not to entertain, it is not to perform, and it's not just to fill a time slot, but music ought to prepare our heart for the preaching of God's Word. So I want you to pray for us back there on the back table back there, as I tell everybody. We've got some prayer cards back there. Make sure you go by and get a prayer card and pray for the McCormick's. If you can do that, shake your peanuts up and down, all right? As, as Brother Daniel noticed yesterday, that, that fuel does not come cheap in that bus. Say amen. So uh, I uh, want you to pray for us. Pray that God will continue to meet our needs and put us where he wants us and, let us, uh, and put us where we can help others in their ministry. So we go into churches that uh, do not have choirs and church plants, and we help them start and establish music ministries. And then we go into churches that already have choirs, and we do choir revivals, just helping teach and train music in the, in the ministry of the local church. And then also back there on the table, in addition to our prayer card, we've got some uh, CDs set up back there. Since we were here last year, we have made a brand new CD. It's the one on the very top rack across the top. It's got a boat on it, and it says the lifeboat. It's kind of brown and white. It's a great CD. It's a brand new CD. We've only had it just a few months, and you will absolutely thoroughly enjoy that new CD. Titus is singing just about all the songs on there. He's on it except for the four Tanya does solo, and then uh, he's playing four different instruments on that CD. So make sure you get that. Check that out after church. We've got some other things back there, too. Make sure you stop by and see us. You know, the Bible teaches us that we love him because... He first loved us. And I'm thankful that the Lord loves me today. Say amen. Aren't you glad God loves you? Um, Here's something that, that God does to prove His love for us. He's faithful to us. Amen. He's never let us down. Now, we will let each other down, but God has never let you down. Amen. Did I mention that I love Him?
talking about just the Lord's faithfulness to us, um, it never ceases to amaze me. I was, I was talking to a, a guy today that's full-time in ministry, and he had sent me a text earlier, and he said something to the effect, and I, wanna, I want you to call me and I want to talk to you about having a bus and what it's like living on the road, and can you actually afford it, and all those kind of things. So I called him this afternoon, and we had probably about a two-hour conversation and I was telling him at just how God takes care of us. All the ways and all the things that God does for us. And all the thi- and you, you can relate to this. All the things that God does for you on a daily basis. But then I'll turn right around and I'll doubt God. He can do something great for me at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then let 10.30 roll around and something go awry in my life and I'm already doubting that he's going to take care of me. And you know what I say about me? Shame on me. Shame on me for feeling that way. Shame on me for doubting. But I'm glad that we serve a God that can take care of us. Amen. And I'm glad that we serve a God that's already proved that to us. He's the only one that could walk on water. Amen. Listen to this song. Didn't I walk on the water? In the middle of the night, I'm praying for assurance, everything's going to be alright. Lord, I see another battle out in front of me. I'm afraid I won't be able and I'll go down in defeat. But he Just to die for your sins, I searched. 
Amen. I'm so glad that that's the kind of God we serve. Amen. Uh, he's done it before and he can do it again. Amen. That's what we need to remind ourselves of. I'm thankful that we serve a God that knows just how to take care of us. You know, we doubt, we question, we wonder, we fret, and all those things that we don't need to do, but Jesus is more than capable of taking care of us. Amen. Hey, do y'all like good news? You like some good news? Here's some good news for you. The good news is simply this. The same God that took care of Daniel in the lion's den, he's the same God that we serve tonight, amen. The same God that took care of those three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, that's who we serve, amen. Jesus can take care of me. Thank you. 
Brother Greg, I'm going to look at this in here and see if that's what's causing our problem here. While he does that, I'll talk about this next song. Um, we recorded this one on our new CD, and it's probably my, become my favorite song in the last year. Um, Jennifer and I were talking before church about things that we've done in our past, and sometimes even when we come to church, we may feel like, hey, there's people there that know maybe how I used to be. Or sometimes, even in our present, we can act in a certain way and act in the flesh and have to even make apologies with our We have those regrets, but when we confess those to the Lord, he forgives them and forgets them. We're the ones that bring them up or other people bring them up to us. But it's great to know that he doesn't even know what we're talking about. When we say, Lord, remember when I acted this way or I did that, he doesn't even remember that. And to think that that we do, and you ever feel like sometimes that Satan brings that up and just kind of taps you on the shoulder and reminds you about it? Remember when you did this? Remember when you acted that way? It'll sort of get you down in your in your walk with the Lord, in your walk with your friends, and just your walk with your family in a lot of ways. But I'm thankful that no matter what has happened, whether it was yesterday, whether it was today, that we don't have to look back, we don't have to remember those times that we can live for the Lord today in this very moment. So this song is called I Live For You Today. There's so much more that I 
that no matter what has gone on in our past or where we've come from or whatever, I'm glad that God is always able to use anybody who's willing to let him use them. Amen. I'm glad to know that, you know, that Jesus is not like the brethren. The brethren will put people on the shelf and tell them you're not worthy to be used of God. But you've never found one time in Scripture where God put anybody on the shelf. Now, if he did, I'd like to know it, but I've never seen where God put anybody on the shelf. People do that, but God don't do that. So I'm thankful for that song. That's just a great song, and it, uh, it's on that new CD back there. It's just a, always a good reminder to know that God will use anybody that wants to be used of him. Amen. Just give yourself to him. You cannot go back and change yesterday, but you can live for him today. Amen. All right, take your Bibles tonight and go with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter number 37. Psalm chapter number 37. <clears throat> I am just a, um, Brother Greg, I might be a little hot, I don't know, but Psalm chapter number 37, I found this in reading a few months back, I come across this, and boy, it just hit me square between the eyes, and I believe that the Bible is there to help us, amen, I think that there's things, that all the things in the Bible God has put there to help us. And as I was reading along there, I found some key words in this passage of Scripture that helped me. And I figure if it will help me, then maybe it will help you. Amen? I figure that uh, I'm no different than you. So I figure if I have trouble in life sometimes with things and the Bible can help me, then hopefully it will help you also. So I'm going to talk to us tonight about how to have true happiness. Now we understand, first of all, We understand, first of all, that happiness can only be found through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? We understand, first of all, the first thing we have to do is we've got to trust Christ as our Savior. We've got to know that our sins will send our soul to an eternity without God. And then after that, we've got to place our faith and trust in Jesus, plus nothing, minus nothing, believing by faith that Jesus Christ paid our sin debt, and that that's and if we'll ask him to forgive us of our sin, then and he says if we'll confess our sins, he faithfully just forgives our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But after salvation, sometimes do you like I have trouble remaining happy? I'll raise both my hands. It's a shame. Because we ought to have happy in just knowing that we're going to heaven when we die. Say amen. We ought to be happy in the fact of knowing that Jesus has washed our sins away as far as the east is from the west. But sometimes things of life creep up on us. And I want us to look at some things here that I saw this. And I wrote it down just a little formula or a recipe of how to have true happiness. You ready for it? Now we're talking about after salvation, how to have happiness. Number one, verse number one says the first two words, fret not. Let's talk about that for just a minute. How many times in life do we worry over things that never come to pass? Listen, so many times in my life, I have, it's been a disaster. (laughs) 
There's no way we can recover from this. Or we think, well, what if so-and-so happens? Or boy, if you, you ever said something, hang on, you ever said something, and you thought, man, I shouldn't have said that. What if they found out that I said that? And we lay in bed at night and worry and fret over things that never come to pass. You ever, you ever just fretted over the fact that, you know, you messed up at work, but the boss never knew about it, but you worried and fretted over it, thinking, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my job over this. Many times in life, we worry and fret over things that we don't have to worry and fret over. Amen? Many times in life we get all up in a, get our dander in an uproar and we get all worried and concerned about things that never come to pass. How many of y'all remember Y2K? Remember that? All those computer things, you know, they said, oh, because when they created computers and when they invented computers, they said, you know, that we didn't, we didn't build them to somehow turn over to the year 2000 or something like that. And boy, I remember everybody in where I lived around, they were stocking up food and they were trying to get water saved up in barrels because uh, all the water systems were run by computers and the uh, uh, the, the food system is run by computers and it's all going to shut down and it's going to take them so many months to get it all updated but we'll be out of food and out of water. You know what happened? We went right back to the grocery store the next day. We worry and we fret over things that never come to pass. So don't fret. Now let's read a little bit more of that verse. It says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Now let's look at that in another light, in the, in, the, in the light of Scripture there. Did you know that there are going to be people in your life that don't like you? <laughs> hey, there's a whole train list of people that don't like me. I was recently with some people who were somewhat famous, and they... they we were talking, and I asked him, I said, does it bother y'all what people say about you that are lies? You get in the tabloids, and you read the newspapers, and you'll see all kind of things about these people. that People just say all kinds. Of, and and some, some of these people, I, I asked them individually, you know what, they all laughed at me and said, you know, we just don't worry about what other people say. We don't worry about others. We know that we love God, we're serving God, we're doing right, we're trying to do right in His eyes, and we just don't worry about what evildoers may try to do against us. There's going to be people in your life that don't like you and they're going to set out to cause you harm. They're going to set out to destroy you. They're going to set out to do all kinds of things against you, but you just need to not be fretful over them. Amen? Amen. Fret not. Then I've got underlined, neither be thou envious. Boy, how many times has that made us unhappy in life? We see something that somebody else has and we're envious over that something. We got to have it. I just got to have it. Boy, they got them a brand new house. I got to have me a new house. And we don't have the money to get a new house. Boy, we see, we see, man, man, I'd love to, I'd love to have a bus like the McCormicks. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Trust me on that one, Amen. I'm, I'm thankful that Jesus gave me a home on the road, 
But when things start breaking down and tearing up and, and I have to go to the, the, to the gas station to get some fuel, I'm not real thankful at those moments. I should be, but I'm not. Amen? But don't be envious. Don't look at what other people have and say, man, if I could just have that, I would be happy. Did you know that that will never bring you happiness? Whatever that is will never bring you happiness. You say, well, if I could just have a dependable car, I would be happy. So you get a dependable car. And three days after the new wears off of it, you find that you're miserable about something else. It wasn't the car that's going to make you happy or unhappy. Amen? But don't be envious against the workers of iniquity. Don't look at other, don't look at the world and see what the world has and be thinking to yourself, well, if I could just have that or, or if, if my life could only be like that. Listen, the Bible teaches us that we've got our reward coming. This world is not our home. We're but pilgrims just passing through. Say amen. This ain't our home. This ain't the end of the story for the Christians. Say amen. We're just passing through. Skip down now to verse number 3. Verse number 3. I've got the first word underlined. That word is trust in the Lord. Boy, today we trust in a lot of things. We trust in our bank account. We trust in our, uh, the people we know. We trust in a lot of things, but we don't trust in the Lord. We trust in the weatherman. We trust in our home. We trust that, that this to take care of us or that to take care of us. But you know what? The truth of the matter is the Lord is the one we need to trust in. And you know what? You may, the tornado may be coming. The sirens may be going off. The rain may be coming. The hell may be coming. We may have to run inside. But you know what? It ain't the house that protects us. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our protector. He is the one that we need to be placing our trust in. Now I want to say this about that. Did you know that it's easy for me to trust God on your behalf? <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. But it's hard for me to trust God on my behalf. What's your name, sweetie? Deneen. Miss Deneen. If you were to go to the doctor tomorrow and you were to cut, and the doctor were to tell you that you had cancer, did you know that most of us in this building, we would look at you, we would hold your hand, we, we'd probably go something like, Miss Deneen, it's going to be okay. God loves you and he's going to take care of you. And we would say that with, with full confidence that God's going to take care of her. And we would believe and trust in every word that we said knowing that God's going to take care of her. But when we're the one that goes to the doctor and we get the report of cancer, it's easy to preach trusting in the Lord, but it's hard to live just trusting in the Lord. Didn't really plan to go here, and I don't like to give a whole lot of personal illustrations, but it's just so fresh on my mind today. I was talking to this this missionary today and, and that has this ministry and we was talking about buying a bus and I told him, I said, do you want the Lord to put your faith to a test? You buy you a bus. 
But God, you can trust Him. And, and I told him, I said, number one, you have to know that you're in the will of God. You've got to know that what you're doing is God's will for your life. And then number two, about buying a bus, I said, you've got to pray and ask God, God, is this my will for your life? Or is this your will for my life? Do I need to have a bus? Then second of all, or, or next of all, after you pray, God, is this what you really want me to do? Then you've got to just trust Him that He's going to take care of you and then watch what He'll do. Because if you're truly doing what God would have you to do, you can trust in Him that He's going to take care of you. It ain't in yourself. I don't have the money to fill that thing up with fuel. The first bus I got, listen at this. The first bus, we've got to give you one story, and then I'll try to move on about trusting in the Lord. The first bus we got, it did not have an air conditioner in the back bedroom. We got it in the fall, so there was no problem. Well, come along through winter, everything was fine. It started, we went into February, and we were in a church in Louisiana. And I was, we, we were on the bus one night after church, and I heard somebody knocking on the door about 10.30 at night. So I jumped up, slipped on a pair of pants, and run to the door, and there's a Cajun standing out there, a tall, tall skinny Cajun. He said, hey, dude, come here. I've got you to help me for a minute. I'm like, okay, so I'll go outside. He said he let down the tailgate on his truck, and in the back of his truck were two rooftop air conditioners. And I said, and, and I did, I'm just like, okay, why? What, what's he doing? And he said, here, help me put, here, Pablo, help me put this underneath the bus. So we put him underneath my bus. And he goes, uh, the Lord told me tonight after church that you needed an air conditioner. I had not told him I needed an air conditioner. So we put two air conditioners underneath the bus. We left, um, we left uh, Louisiana, and we were going to Paul Tipton's church right down the road from where you came from. And uh, we was riding down the road, and I told Tanya, I said, we're going to South Florida where it is hot. We're going to have to pray that God will send me somebody that can help me put that air conditioner in that bus. We're riding down the road. We pull into his church. We get all hooked up and set up. And I walked in the church, in the back door of the church. Brother Paul was over here doing something. I said, Brother Paul, I said, is there anybody in this area that you know of that could help me and not charge me an arm and a leg to help me put a rooftop air conditioner in my bus? He goes, yeah, we'll do that this afternoon. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay. I said, you know how to do that? He goes, yeah. He said, that RV dealership right up the road up there, that's what I used to do. He said, it was my job to put the rooftop air conditioners in campers. <laughs> Want to talk about trusting the Lord? I could have never... You'd have given me 200 names of pastors and said, one of these pastors used to install rooftop air conditioners. I wouldn't have picked Paul Tipton. Now, maybe Brother Greg might have. He might have known that, but I didn't know that. Of all the people that I... If you'd have gave me a list, I would not have picked him out of the 200. Only God can do that. Amen? At the very time that I needed it, God provided. Here's what I'm telling you tonight. You can trust in the Lord. 
Isn't that a comforting fact? Amen? Then it goes on, and what's the next two words in verse number 3? Trust in the Lord and do good. The Bible says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If you know to do good and you don't do it, you're sinning. You need to do good. Now, that does not mean that doing good is going to get you to heaven because doing good has nothing to do with getting to heaven. All your good works whatsoever don't get you any brownie points with the Lord as far as getting into heaven. But we're to still do good. You've got to trust in the Lord and do good. Remember, we're talking about the recipe for how to have true happiness. Don't it just do you, some, do you good to know that you've done good? When you've seen a need and you feel that need in somebody's life, don't it just make you feel good? It just does something for you, amen? Verse number four. Next I've got underlined, delight. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Now here we go. Delight is a choice. That is a choice that many times we have to wake up day by day, sometimes hour by hour, and just delight yourself in the Lord. That is a choice. It's got to be a conscious choice. I'm just going to be happy in the Lord. Somebody walked in here tonight, I don't remember who it was, and I was cutting the fool with somebody, and she said, that's what I like about you, you're always happy. Or you're always funny or something. I forget what the word was she said. I don't remember now who it was. I'm trying to look and see who it was. But somebody said, you're just always funny or you're always having a good time. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's have a good time. My sins are washed away. I'm going to heaven. Let's just have a good time. Amen. I like to, I like to do crazy things. I'll walk up to ladies that, that'll, that'll have on all red. And I'll go, those are the prettiest green earrings I've ever seen in my life. And they'll reach up there every time and feel to see if they got on, green, got on the wrong color earrings. <laughs> just have a good time. You know, just have fun with people. Just enjoy the fact that you're saved. Laugh and joking and have, a, have fun. Amen. You can have fun in God's house too. Say amen. amen. Listen, we're going to have a good time when we get to heaven. Delight. This ought to be so... This, Keith Heights Baptist Church ought to be the most exciting place in town. Just enjoy the fact that we're saved, we're born again, going to heaven. Hey, you know what I do sometimes? I like to go to Walmart and just ride around out in the parking lot. You see somebody toting their, their bag full of groceries, and you can just say, that fell out of your bag. Watch them turn around and look. It's so funny. Amen. It's just hilarious. I, hey, psst, I know I lied. Not that that's an excuse, but just have a good time. Just enjoy. And, and then they'll look around. They'll, they'll pick up the bag, look at the bottom of it. They'll look through it. They'll set it down, look through it, see if they got everything. They'll turn around looking. Just enjoy life. Just have a good time. Have a blast. Hey, sometimes I ride down the road and you can find somebody and you can point down at their tire and say, you have a black tire through your car window, and they think you said you have a black or a flat tire, and they'll think, thank you, and they'll pull off the side of the road. Amen? Just have a good time. Just enjoy life. Just have fun. Amen? God called us. God, we're Christians. We're born again. We're saved. I know I'm crazy. 
Amen? Y'all ain't, y'all ain't the only ones that's recognized it. But have a good time. Just delight yourself in the Lord. Just walk in the church and be happy that you're here. Don't come in here talking about your gout and your, your ingrown toenails and oh my back and my arthritis and my bursitis and all them other itises. Just come in and be happy that you're in church. Somebody says, how are you today? Say, man, I'm doing fantastic. God is good. I'm going to get to go see him one day. Amen? Just enjoy the fact that we're saved. Verse number 5. Brother Greg, I have no idea what time it is. So I guess I'm still okay for a minute, okay? Verse number 5. The Bible says, commit thy way unto the Lord. You know, we live in a day and age today where nobody is willing to commit. Nobody's willing to commit to marriage. Nobody, I, I go to churches and this is what I hear. I'll talk to the pastor after service and I'll say, hey, that couple that was sitting so-and-so back here, you know, she had this hair and she was wearing this, whatever. He goes, yeah, they're great people. And I said, well, how long have they been members of the church? And he'll say, well, they've not joined. They've been coming here for ten and a half years, but they've never joined. People just don't want to commit. Six. It's six o'clock. If it's six o'clock, we got a long time. Amen. I can preach for two more hours. Amen. Is it six minutes till? Okay, good. All right. Six minutes till. Commit. Commit your way to the Lord. Listen to what you need to do. You just need to say, Lord, it's not my will but thine. Just commit your way to the Lord. Say, God, I may not understand what you want me to do. I may not uh, 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 see it. But God, I'm willing to commit my way for whatever you want me to do with my life. Whether I understand it, whether my family understands it or not. I just give myself to you and I commit my way to you. Commit yourself to the Lord. Commit thy way into the Lord. Just say, Lord, whatever it is, I'll do it. And make a commitment and stick to that commitment. Just give your life over to the Lord. We're talking about how to have true happiness. Amen? The the recipe for success or the recipe for happiness. Verse number 7. Rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. You ever sometimes wake up in the mornings and you feel like you never went to bed that night? Two or three days ago, I woke up and I thought, did I even go to sleep? Because I was as tired when I woke up as I was when I went to bed. I apparently did not rest. Now let's talk about resting in the Lord. Resting in the Lord is when you just give it all to Him. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. You just rest in the fact that God can take care of it. And that, again, may I say, is a conscious decision. Most of these are conscious decisions that we have to make. Where you just determine, okay, God, I'm going to rest in you. 
I don't understand it. I don't see how it can work out. I don't see the end of it. Lord, how could you take this mess and make it okay? Brother Greg and I were talking about a, a mess just a few minutes ago. We were talking, and, we, and I said, you know what? If, if that mess wouldn't have happened, then you'd have never seen this or God would have never done that. And, and it's, just, it's just that way. God can take anything and turn it into good, and God's in control of all of it. So what we have to learn to do is just rest in Him that it's all going to be okay as long as we're doing what God wants us to do. As long as we're doing all these things, and then at that point we can rest in the fact of knowing that God has got it under control. Here's the one thing I like about getting old. You ready for the one thing I like about getting old? is the fact that now I've got some history of seeing God take care of things. Because time and time and time again, I've seen God be faithful. And the more you see it, the easier it is to rest in the Lord. Amen? The more you see it, the easier it is to rest in the Lord. Number eight, verse number eight. Now, I don't know what number we are in our outline here, but I've got, the next thing I've got underlined is the first three words of verse number eight. I want all of y'all to read those with me, the first three words. Here we go. Cease from anger. Man, Lord, do I really have to do that? Because sometimes I just get pure enjoyment, I think, out of being angry. Now, y'all are not like me, are you? But sometimes, boy, you just... Mm, that person done me wrong. Lord, just let me have them for 10 minutes. I can fix this. Amen? But cease from anger. That, again, is a conscious decision. That's something when the devil tempts you to be angry and to get mad about something, you know what you've got to do? You've just got to consciously say, nope, I'm not walking down that path. I will not get angry. Now, y'all don't live with me, but when I preach this sermon, my family usually have to see me have to purposely make that decision at some point within the next few days. So I, I, when it comes to preaching this message, something always goes awry within the next few days, and then I, she's like, nee, 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 you have to do me. Didn't you preach cease from being angry? I'm like, shut up, woman. Don't put that on the Internet, amen? Too late, amen. But isn't that just like it is? We've got to, we've got to consciously make that decision that I'm not going to get angry. Cease just simply means to what? Stop. Be done with, do away with, don't go there. Don't go there. Stay away from it. Just cease from anger. We all like to get angry. We all have things that we think, well, that gives me the right to be angry. Just cease from anger. Amen? That's enough on that one. Let's move to another one. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Go on. Verse number 9. Verse number 9. There about the middle ways of the verse, 
there's four words, and they read like this. Wait upon the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Another hard one. Girl, you got that one right. Waiting on the Lord is not my specialty. Because I can usually, ju- I'm the kind of, I'm Taipei personality, I just jump in and get the job done. And then it usually falls apart and I have to wait on the Lord anyway, amen? But waiting on the Lord is not easy to do either. But if we will wait on Him, He shall bring it forth in His due season. And he, He'll line it all up and He'll work it all out and He'll make it come together just like it ought to be. But we have to learn to wait on the Lord. We want the new job today. We want the new truck today. We want the new house today. We want the new wig today. Amen? We just need to wait on the Lord. Hey, one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a head full of hair. Just wait on the Lord, Cedric. You're going to have plenty one day. Amen? There's so many things in life that we get so impatient about and we try to push that door open when it's not time for that door to come open yet. We just need to wait on the Lord. Let's go back and recap. Fret not, neither be thou envious. Trust, do good, delight, commit, Rest, cease from anger, and wait on the Lord. How much happier of a Christian life can we live if we can just learn to do that simple recipe? I like recipes, especially involving shredded carrots and oil and flour and sugar and eggs with double cream cheese icing. Say amen. <laughs> pecans, you got to have pecans in your carrot cake. Amen. No raisins, don't you put raisins. If you've got a recipe that has raisins in it, you notice God didn't, in this recipe, God didn't put any raisins in there. Amen. I like a recipe. I like something that I can relate to. What a good recipe for just having happiness and keeping happiness in our life. Amen. Fret not, neither be thou envious. Trust in the Lord, do good. Delight thyself in the Lord, commit thy way unto him. Rest in the Lord, cease from anger, and wait on the Lord. Amen? Tanya, won't you come play for something? I don't know where you're at tonight. Let's all stand while she's coming. I don't know where you're at tonight. But I think that most of us, most of us in this room... There may be things that God spoke to you about in that simple little passage of Scripture there. Um, Titus, come if, if y'all want to, the altar's open. Titus, move your instruments down a little bit there. If anybody wants to make your way to the front row here, just use it as an altar. And why don't we just stop and thank God that He loves us tonight. Why don't we thank the Lord for the fact that we can rest and trust in Him. The altar is open.
as she plays, I don't know that she'll sing uh, or not, but as she plays, if there's anything you just want to talk to the Lord about, maybe you need to come down and say, Lord, you know what? I've not been ceasing from anger. Lord, I've not been resting in you. Lord, I've not committed my way into you. The altars are open. When troubles come against me and I feel so overwhelmed, when it seems the more I've tried giving Some are coming, why don't you come? Just give it to the Lord and say, Lord, I can do better. I can do better in that recipe. And my faith is growing dim. I hear a still voice whisper, just bring it all to Him. And I'll just bring it all to Him when no situation is tonight or where you're at, but if you're in this building tonight and you have never realized that your sins will send your soul to an eternity without God, I want you to know that you need to trust Christ as your Savior. Jesus loves you. He paid your sin debt on Calvary's tree, and all you have to do is by simple faith believe and trust that He died in his death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel was the payment for your sin. And if you've never done that, you've never prayed and said, God, I realize that I'm a sinner, and I realize that I'm going to bust hell wide open, and if I don't trust you as my Savior, then I'm, I'm going to go to hell. And if you've never prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart, here's what you can do tonight. You can see the pastor. You can see me. And we would be happy to take the Word of God and show you what the Bible says that you need to do to trust Christ as your Savior. Let me tell you this. Do not walk out of those doors tonight without knowing for sure that your sins have been forgiven. Do not walk out of that door without knowing for a fact 
that you're on your way to heaven tonight. If you have any questions, if you have any concern in that area whatsoever, feel free to talk to the pastor or talk to me after church. Appreciate so much the message tonight. And isn't that a refreshing thing for a Christian?